everyone. Welcome to Or Something. It's the podcast where we talk about all kinds of things, but mostly we talk about the origin of something or something. <laughs> um, I'm Kristen, and this is Carla. Hi. Ooh, and she's got her new podcasting mic, you guys. <laughs> Very exciting. You don't I have still to listen don't know to how the to use sh- it. of everything. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> that was part of my je ne sais quoi background noise. <laughs> Remember, we're CanCon officially, so let's put French in there. <laughs> oh my God, CanCon. Right. Canadian content. It's why I know where we're going to get played. Actually, we have some viewers. Viewers, people are watching us right now. Uh-oh, <laughs> They're called someone listeners. doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> why am I working with her? <laughs> um, you're not working with me. You're working for me. Thank you very much. <gasps> Just kidding. Are you? Um, no, I'm not. No, I am. I am totally kidding. It's a joint effort. And I wouldn't mind either way. I'm like, you're responsible. I love it. You're a great no. boss. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the boss. We're so nice to each other. We're so Canadian, too. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're, I really don't mind no, if really you're my you. boss. Oh. <laughs> Continue, oh, but oh our viewers. Gosh, I know. Oh, um, we have some listeners from Australia, some from Germany, it looks like, or they've just got like IP addresses that go through there for some reason because <laughs> they're all like criminals, like the serial killers that are like rerouting their IP addresses all the time. <laughs> oh my God. I might be a little paranoid but, or and watch way too much true crime. <laughs> it's one, like that's legit, and it's like this total crazy person. <laughs> Probably. He already Show has posters up. of us, but he doesn't know what we look like. So I'm like <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Potato Head and you're like, I don't know, Big Bird or something. <laughs> I can't bird. think of any characters. I'm like, what's tall and blonde? It's actually pretty accurate. Well, you're not blonde now, but let's describe, we'll do descriptive video for the podcast. <laughs> yes. So I'm sitting under my laundry rack with a giant quilt over it. And I'm sitting in my walk-in closet with my messy clothes everywhere that I refuse to fold properly. (gasps) I have a giant pile of clothing behind me, too. I hide it behind this quilt screen. (laughs) I don't try to hide it. (laughs) Man, soulmates. (laughs) Because the brothers got a hug. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, So how's it going? What's the haps? What's been happening? The haps. Um, the The haps is that of all the mornings... For me to sleep in. <laughs> you know what time I woke up today? Yeah. I had, I like, I was awake at seven and I usually read in the morning in yeah. bed. So I'm like, okay, I'm fine. I'm awake. I'm wide awake. Eleven <laughs> forty-five. <laughs> my eyes open. I'm like, huh? Where am I? Holy cow. I don't think I've slept yeah. that late since I was a teenager. <laughs> me neither. And I'm like, Really? You so needed I'm trying it. to figure out why my subconscious is like making me sleep in. I think it's probably like <laughs> it's like a performance anxiety for the podcast where I'm Aww. like, did I do my research properly? <laughs> well, you've been working so hard on your research because you said you were going <laughs> to do it? it in advance. I and then you went and raked your yard. <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> I'm just like calling you out, just throwing you under the bus. Let's see how many times I can throw you under the bus on this episode. <laughs> By the way, I'm unemployed at the moment, so if a future boss ever heard this, it'd be like the worst work ethic thing ever. <laughs> hey, so you're here, aren't you? <laughs> Who cares how Question you got mark. here? 
Am yeah. I here? Am I all here? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. Deflect, deflect, yeah. deflect. Yeah, really, hey? I started <laughs> volunteering at a, an <gasps> animal saw. sanctuary. Ooh, ooh. Good job. Yeah, it's for farm animals. It's so fun. Aww. So I go and I have to clean, like, muck out the, the barn or whatever. Ooh. Okay, can I admit I've always wanted to muck out a barn for yeah. some reason? I mean, who doesn't? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to do it every day. Yeah, all the people who do it every day are ticked off right now. Don't glamorize my <laughs> shitty job. They're but... like, this is terrible. Kill me now. <laughs> no, but it was really cool. And they've got a donkey there named Baby. She's so sweet. Aww. And she's so old. She's like like a teenager. You know what? And I was obsessed with donkeys. Mm-hmm. And after you and I did that horse therapy thing for like two minutes. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I'm not going to give any context other than that for people. <laughs> just, Whatever. Just, We've just been friends for a long time. To too bad. Context. Suss it out. <laughs> oh, it can be a game for Suss listeners. <laughs> they can start writing clues. Like, when did they do this? And when did they do that? Well, or like, does anybody care that much? <laughs> they will. Someday. They will. They will. <laughs> uh, but also, it'll help me remember things because my memory is fading very quickly. <laughs> oh. So please, please, do listeners, it. help me. <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. It's podcast therapy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm terrified. <laughs> but now I'm terrified of donkeys. Why? Because they're so pushy. He Aww. was like that donkey was on me, and I'm like, yeah, get away from me. Baby was pretty pushy too. When I was Aww. cleaning out her thing, she kept like, nut, like not nudging me, but just standing like really close to me, <laughs> like zero personal space. And I was like, I kept like kind of laughing and being like, "Baby, like I need to just like clean this spot." And the people who were training me at the thing, they're like, "Well, I think she wants attention." I'm like, "Obviously," <laughs> but then I started feeling like guilty that I wasn't giving her attention. I'm like, "Yeah, but I also need to get this done. Like, it, you can't just give attention to everything the second it." asks for it. <laughs> like, the most needy animals at the sanctuary. <laughs> I'm like, why did I go? <laughs> I feel like I need to bring my tough love attitude to the animal sanctuary. I'm wearing a leather jacket and it's playing like that what's that, <laughs> that song from that Michelle Pfeiffer movie. <laughs> They're all little little oh gangster chickens. Yeah, I don't know why it turned oh into that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, why couldn't I give her attention? I felt so conflicted about it. Where I was like, no, I understand what's happening. <laughs> this is gonna kill me because. <laughs> You're gonna like sass everybody there. I love that you're like this be animal behavior expert. Yeah, like I have no idea. What no, but I'm you're doing. right. No, but you do though, and that's kind of like, uh oh. Um, what do you do in a situation oh my <laughs> like that? God. Where, yeah, you're right. Like, why would I give them attention twenty four seven? Oh my god, the attitude. That was the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and now we're both crying. Descriptive video. Descriptive oh video. Oh my gosh. But it was nice. It was fun to be like around the animals. Oh, I fed a, an egg to a big pig. It was cool. <laughs> and and a turkey got the very first thing that happened when I got there. You're laughing so hard. <laughs> Stop. It's contagious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, just the idea of just. 
I imagine you just picking up an egg from a chicken, and it's just like there there's a baby was, in there. They they collected <sighs> eggs from the, the the chickens there. I mean, yeah, the it just it wasn't a, a fertilized egg. No, oh, okay. it's fine. <laughs> they like it. <laughs> they like <laughs> Not the chickens, but okay. the pigs. <laughs> I thought I'll never make it. Oh my god. <laughs> the hmm. images in my head. This is the best. Oh my god. I need an update. Every time you go. Okay. It'll happen. Oh, my God. That's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Feeding the animals to each other. Sassing the donkey. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, though. Oh, it was wait, nice to be around animals. There? There's lots of pigs there. <gasps> oh, my gosh. There's this brand new pig there that is... He's really little. And he's only Aww. been there for, like, two weeks. He's new. His name's Gordon. But they're like, you can call him Gordy or Gordo. So I call him Gordo all the time. Aww. But he's... Stand by me. Yeah, but he's so happy and just, like, wagging his little tail, and he comes running and will, like, just follow you everywhere. Like, especially if they think you have treats, that all the animals just follow you everywhere. It's really cute. (laughs) And also unstructured and... (laughs) and Everybody back off! Detrimental to... Yeah. (laughs) They're all going to be lined up perfectly when you go next time. Like, you're going to get them all in order. You donkey, (laughs) muck out the stable. I make them do their own work. Clean your damn house. What am I, your mother? (laughs) You'll get that place in order soon. Let's not say the name of it. (laughs) Yeah, we won't after all these antics. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, All right. Should we get started? Our episode last week was pretty long. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I guess. Oh, was it really? It was, but I mean, who cares? Yeah, that's true. Our one listener who's uh, stalking us is fine with it (laughs) (laughs) but they only have like an hour in jail to listen to a podcast and they couldn't hear the last 10 minutes and they're just like freaking out right now yeah don't go over 60 minutes (laughs) yeah okay fred (laughs) um i'd love to guess okay no sorry let's to guess what his name is yeah (laughs) i was gonna go on a whole tangent let's just continue (laughs) oh my god um okay is it your turn to go first do you want to go first i think so Okay, yeah, cool. sure. Can Let's I just say this. how excited I am that I have an actual microphone? Like, yeah. I'm vibrating from excitement because, Yay. like, I don't want to sound like all garbagey. That's good. I mean, apart from the stuff coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I want everyone to hear the crap that I'm spewing really yeah. clearly. <laughs> yeah. I go into this whole pro Trump thing all of a sudden. What? <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> Never. Hmm. I just had to be clear in case anyone gets the wrong idea. <laughs> Um, super, no, oh my God, I have so much to talk about. It's like, and it has nothing to do with the podcast. Focus. <laughs> I was just going to start just gossiping over. Yeah. Gossiping. It wasn't gossip. Anyway. Okay. This okay. topic. Okay. There is a bit of reading in it. I know it's not spontaneous and fabulous, but it's, okay. I think it is the cutest thing I think I've ever researched in my entire life. <laughs> okay. I don't know why, but. <laughs> I'm doing dog food. I don't know where. No way. Mostly oh my gosh, kibble. I'm actually kind of terrified about it. No, 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 no. Like okay. it's, not, it's so cute. <laughs> cool. I can't even. I would have thought the history of dog food or like the origin of dog food would have been like really gross and awful. Um, I mean, kinda like the history. It's not entirely pleasant, but that's more canned food. I'm going to focus okay. a little bit more on kibble. Okay, cool. But it's yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, dogs were domesticated like 
people are kind of on the on the fence about it. They're not on the fence. They just don't have actual concrete evidence. <laughs> <laughs> They're wishy-washy. But, like, up to, like, some people say 16,000 years ago. Some people say 30,000 years ago. Like, it's, Whoa. Like, that long ago? Yeah, and that's... I know. It's crazy, right? Did but, humans uh, even exist then? <laughs> Who was domesticating them? Neanderthals? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> that's crazy. Well, by domestication... The dinosaurs had a little dog. <laughs> <laughs> never gonna get any, through anything <laughs> but like through by domestication they don't mean like pets it's more like having them actually cooperate willingly with humans okay that kind of domestication okay. so um they say around like 2000 bce that uh dogs were like starting like people were starting to consider how to take care of the dogs properly not just like Oh. Fend for yourselves or eat yeah. a scrap of bone or whatever, right? That's so okay. early. Oh my God. That's yeah. like way earlier than I thought it would be. <laughs> All right. Okay. So a lot of these little blurbs come from like farmer's manuals, like agricultural books okay. that were written at the time. But I have to read these little suggestions. <laughs> okay. This is the cutest thing. It won't come across <laughs> as cute, but whatever. Okay. So around this guy, he lived around like 116 to 27 BCE. He did a farming manual. He said dogs should eat meat, bones, and barley soaked in milk. Sounds um, pretty tasty. Virgil wrote in 37 BCE, Do not let the care of dogs be last, but the swift Spartan hounds and fierce mastiff feed the way. And whey has been in human diets for, like, forever. People are finding it, like, um, like the protein remnants of whey. Whey, sorry, whey is... Uh, the like liquid that's left over when uh, milk has curdled and they take that curdled milk and they make cheese out of it usually but the way is the leftover stuff and it's full of protein and humans uh, like have subsisted on it for since ancient times right okay but so that's but that's something they fed to their dogs too um and then some somebody with the name columella i'm like that is the funniest name i've ever heard (laughs) 70 CE, he said, uh, in the fields are so large as to sustain, sorry, if the fields are so large as to sustain herds of animals, barley meal mixed with whey is a convenient food. But if it is an orchard without grain, then use spelt or wheat bread, which is then mixed with the liquid from cooked beans, but warm for boiling creates rabies. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. It is the funniest thing I've ever heard. They have dog recipes, dog food recipes. Oh my gosh! And it sounds like they're really genuinely and it's like pretty specific. Like they're right, pretty yeah. detailed. Very they're just detailed. Like, like throw out your old soup bones for them. Yeah, and that's fine. and they would do that, but they would be very clear of like, don't give them only bones and only Whoa. meat because they'll get sick. And if your dog is sick, then just give them goat's milk. And usually, like they mix bread and uh, like barley like grains and stuff with like a bit of meat and i was crying i'm like this is so cute little dog food recipes who the heck would have thought that's so early i i just love it (laughs) (laughs) the cooked beans but warm because boiling creates rabies (laughs) so cute i don't like what's the science there stupid all at once yeah i know right (laughs) (laughs) and then someone said 
2024 CE, so this is still going forward, these little dog recipes, Mm -hmm. bringing unto him milk and fat with meat. This is the right food for the dog. Mike, you're so cute. Right? Medieval times, uh, still carrying forward um, the, like, royal kennel masters. So they started, because uh, by the medieval times, they needed their hunting dogs, right, like, to be strong and taken care of. Like, they all had, not all of them, but the wealthy people, right, they had their... um, Right. I don't know if they were ever guard dogs, but that would be a whole other topic, like, what Mm -hmm. dogs are actually used for, right, like, their jobs. But um, there was, like, a difference. So wealthy people, they would give their dogs, like, like the kennel masters, the royal kennel masters. They do nutritious stews, so, like, veggies mixed with meat and grains. And then... But then peasants, they had to give their dogs whatever they ate. And in, like, Europe, for example... So gruel. The, well, in Europe, it was mostly um, potatoes and boiled cabbage. Uh, so can you imagine all the fart stinky little dogs? dogs. Yeah, <laughs> so cute. Um, so by medieval times already, dogs were kind of starting to be seen as pets. Okay. Right? Whoa. Okay. Uh, not to bring in the house yet, I don't think. Yeah. It was more like... Oh, okay, let's take care of, you know, Binky because but like Binky maybe of all m- dog names. <laughs> nice. But maybe so, yeah. more and like a part of the family. Like in yeah, a way something of to like take care of. Part of like exactly. the household that's yeah. happening kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And something that they should um kind of like it, that it wasn't as expendable, basically. Right. right? Like, it would be interesting to see because like it would be interesting to see if that developed kind of at the same time as like kids not being as expendable kind of thing like because kids were never oh. like childhood was never a thing for the longest time right. right there was no focus on it so it'd be interesting to see if it was kind of simultaneous that like okay these creatures that are around us that are like you know that they, they're just paying a bit more attention yeah. being a little bit more nurturing towards them to have a stronger <laughs> household in general right and we look and then there's little baby recipes <laughs> don't don't boil the beans they're gonna they, get rabies they'll get rabies <laughs> for sure <laughs> they won't work in the coal mines as hard <laughs> so this carried on these little recipes they find evidence all the way up to like the 1800s um Another cute one. Give them twice a day a soup of coarse bread made with water, fat, and the bottom of the stew pot. Put yeah. a half kilogram of bread at least in each soup. <laughs> no way. Can we just agree that that's the cutest thing in the history of the it's world? It's pretty cute. Like, <laughs> yeah. this perfect little... Like, somebody had to be standing there writing this down of like, hmm, what would, you know, Snowy and Binky like? Yeah. <laughs> well, that people were like wanting to learn about it too right because obviously yeah. if they're like making a recipe for it it's because other people need to know it right and they're right? teaching each other yeah that's cool so, i don't know okay so then big shift mm. 1800s dun, dun, dun. so after the industrial revolution there was a uh, increase in the middle class right right so more affluent kind of people and that's where the shift came where people started seeing dogs as pets but okay. there's a distinction. There were working dogs, and then there were the more civilized, <laughs> oh, that's what they called them, pets, that would okay. be, start, like, they would start bringing them into the home. And 1860 was, like, this pivotal 
this is the moment where dog food basically was created. Okay. Commercial dog food, sorry. Commercial dog food. So, yes, there were recipes, but this American from Ohio, entrepreneur, and that'll be very important later, (laughs) that he's a businessman. (laughs) Um, He went to the UK, 1860. He's putzing around by the docks. The harbor there, uh, in London, I guess. I don't know where the hell. I mean, where else are you going to hang out when you? Yeah, right. Go to the docks. And he noticed (laughs) (laughs) that sailors were uh, discarding like old or stale, like hardtack. And hardtack was something that sailors made. It was basically um, a cheap, imperishable food. So it was just flour, water, and sometimes salt baked to oblivion, basically. So these like hard biscuits. Oh my gosh, it was dog food for people. Yeah, basically. For sailors. And yeah, he noticed that the sailors would either like feed the little, the stray dogs on the harbor there, or the dogs would just find it and like scrounge and scavenge for it, right? And he had a light bulb moment. He's like, wait, these dogs are eating this. So like, I think people will want to feed their dogs something that's like shelf stable. Yeah. And... He made the first... That you don't have to prepare every day, multiple yeah. times a day. Yeah. yeah, or you don't share your scraps with them, and it's not yeah. this whole, you know, you don't have to use meat, which is, you know, pretty right. scar- like scarce thing probably back then. Yeah. Like good quality meat for people. Yeah. But, um, although there's a catch here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so his recipe was uh, wheat, veggies, beetroot, and one site said beef blood. But this is the funny part. Just read this a little bit. Um, it, this was from the Farmer's Digest website. They had a nice article about the whole history of dog food. Um, sorry, Farmer's Dog Digest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I said that, but like, I'm like, that's adorable. That's anyway. so cute. Um, so his recipe was like the beets and all that, but the dried, unsalted, gelatinous parts of prairie beef. I don't know what prairie beef is, but I don't think oh. anyone knew what prairie beef is because Spratt remained notoriously tight-lipped about his biscuit's specific meat source. Sorry. Oh. So, uh, so just anything yeah. he could find around him, basically. That's what I'm he's thinking. from Ohio or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking there's a, a lot of gopher in that. <laughs> I mean, just that prairie dog. That's what's yeah. going to be. Little gophers. Because what else is prairie beef? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, we know in Canada what prairie beef <laughs> We <must> know. Be. <laughs> oh, my God. So the problem here a little bit was, like, um, it, <laughs> I mean, it's not a problem. It's just the middle class. They had money, and so he was going to market to them. So he basically marketed to English country gentlemen who had uh, sporting dogs. Right? Okay. So they'd go and they'd, they'd have the money to feed their dogs, this kind of thing. Right. This is the crazy part. So he's a businessman, right? He marketed this dog food. It was called, let me see. Uh, sorry, I've got the name written down. Alpa. Spratt's Meat Fiber. <laughs> Spratt's Meat Fibrine Dog Cakes. <laughs> little dog cakes. Little dog cakes. Aww. Yeah. So he marketed this so aggressively that according to one source one of the most heavily it was one of the most heavily advertised products of the 20th century what of the 20th century yes he utilized billboards which were a new thing he targeted health conscious pet owners 
dog show participants, right? Like he was all over it. He was a marketing like, whoa, like savant or whatever you'd call it. A savant. Uh, <laughs> he bought the cover of the American Kennel Club's, I think, first issue. I'm not sure if it was first, but definitely one of a whole cover just oh for his gosh. thing, uh, dog cakes. Whoa. He shared testimonials. So he would gather testimonials from his clients. And he even, his company anyway, because at some point um, it was bought by a British company in the 1800s, but then they opened a American factory. So it's kind of like back and forth across the pond. I'm not oh, quite okay. sure how long he... Um, he probably sold parts of it maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, they also, the company uh, pioneered animal life stages so they had uh sprats dog and puppy cakes <laughs> no oh my yeah. gosh little and puppy the picture cakes. of it like it's really quite cute so if anybody wants to google sprats puppy cakes it's just adorable oh my gosh so yeah that was like the huge turning Whoa. point basically um and then so i'll just go into a little bit of like what happened after that but it's kind of it wasn't really i didn't really want to go that far into the future but yeah um, so end of World War One, the Ken L ration brand. So it's like Ken hyphen L ration okay. brand. Um, actually, let me explain. After World War One, there was an excess of horses. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and there was also oh, no. a need for convenient food, uh, convenience for like everybody with cooking. And, right. Um, so Ken L ration brand made the first canned horse meat uh for dogs basically they didn't advertise hey this is horse meat it was like lean red meat it's prairie meat it's yeah (laughs) racetrack meat (laughs) (laughs) excessive war thing meat (laughs) meat. just soldiers what (laughs) oh my god it's so dark (laughs) oh my god your loved ones to your loved ones <laughs> gross that, that is so disgusting. disrespectful but hilarious um so yeah that was the beginning of that but then uh world war ii came along and they had to start rationing everything like tin they couldn't just they had to ration like there wasn't oh, there was a shortage yeah. I guess, of tin i'm not quite sure but um meat was rationed and by that point, people were getting ticked off about the horses being. Uh, the actually, people started breeding horses specifically to be slaughtered for dog food. So I think people were kind of like, Whoa. okay, like an excess, fine, <laughs> don't yeah. start breeding them, which is, I think, kind of silly because we do that with horses. Yeah, I mean, I'm like why cows would they, and pigs? Why did they draw the line at horses? Right? Maybe because That's like they us had with dogs such a connection right. to them in that like yeah. Because I guess they'd used horses for so long as yeah. tools in other ways, right? right? Yeah. 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 Um, and so, but like a bunch of, like the companies, like Sprats and everything, they didn't want to like, um, actually, this is the funny part. So the canned meat, like it was kind of this tension between like people were like, well, do we feed kibble or do we feed meat to our dogs? Like, what's mm. which one is it? Yeah. And um, the shift back to kibble, 
because that canned meat was huge for because it was cheap, it was convenient, it was in a can, it was shelf stable, it was right. Um, the people had to get innovative. They're like, well, we can't use meat really anymore. We can't use tins. So all these big um, like Nabisco General Mills, Quaker Oats, people started realizing um, that the byproducts from cereal manufacturers could they could be it could be used to make kibble again. Oh no so, way. Yeah, like Nabisco General Mills, Quaker Oats, they all basically got in on this new kibble. Yeah. I guess recraze. <laughs> recraze, new word. Um, because they could make shelf stable kibble that could be stored in bags or cardboard boxes. Mm. So they were like, so it solved yeah. the problem of the tin and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then in 1956, there was the uh, a new process called extrusion, which was a way of like, um, they'd have their like wet and dry ingredients and it would go through extreme heat kind of thing and I can't quite remember the exact process but basically it was this like way to make super shelf stable uh, kibble they would like chop it up at the end and the only problem with extrusion was that it would like leach all the vitamins and nutrition out of the <laughs> like ingredients because it yeah. was such an extreme heat yeah. type of situation and drying and everything but um, but then yeah and then in the 60s about in 70s uh veterinarian science like vet nutrition and veterinarian diets became uh popular and uh-huh. people were really pushing the vet diets and that kind of thing so there were like prescription kibble and kibble for specific right right and so there was like a very uh aggressive again uh ad campaign so basically Advertising was huge when it came to dog food, like immediately, wow. right? Um, ad campaign, sorry, going back to that in the 70s, uh, where they were like, kibble is the only thing you should feed your dogs, kind of thing, right? Wow. And so, yeah, so kind of went full circle back to kibble and the aggressive ad campaign again. So people Crazy. were like, at the mercy of these like wealthy people who were like, uh, quick, let's be innovative. <laughs> we have an excess of dog meat or horse meat, dog meat. Oh my god, <laughs> horse meat. Let's can it and give it to their our dogs, right? And then kibble, yeah, same thing. It's like, oh, we don't have food, like business meat, people, so. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, people now, I think they're starting to like. They definitely are starting to kind of fight back, and they're like, okay. Let's stop feeding our dogs whatever garbage we can find. Yeah. And well, and now there's, you know, all the people that are doing, like, the raw diets for their dogs. Right. And where they'll and actually, like... I think it's so great that it goes back to the ancient times where people yeah. are probably, you know, they're looking at little recipes. They're sharing yeah. them online of, like, okay, well, you know, make some rice or mix it with this or carrots. And It was so funny because I, I ran into somebody that said that they cook a meal, like, they cook their dog's meal kind of at the same time that they're cooking their meal. Yeah. They cook a meal for their dog. Yeah. And I was like, in my mind, that sounded, it sounded so ridiculous where I was like, (laughs) you do what? Yeah, me too. But we do like just chicken and some rice and some veggies or like that's what's in, they're supposedly in their food anyway. Right. Which, yeah. And it just, but it sounded so weird where I'm like, you're oh, making a meal for your dog because we're so not used to that at no. all. We're like, and we're used to the convenience of like, give yeah, a kibble and a, you know, yeah. But I'm like, food. yeah, in theory, e- they can eat 
most a lot of the foods that we can eat, you know, right. like in, are in certain, you know, have specific recipes for them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And it, it, there are a lot of foods. I think, yeah, that maybe it might give people pause where they're like, well, you know, because you can't feed dogs onions and garlic and those kind of things. Right. right. So they're like, well, what should I feed my dog? Or like, it well, seems. You don't need to season it in the same way. We yeah, season that's it. the thing. Like you don't. It's just you yeah. keep it. It's so simple. And yeah. It's kind of like we're so conditioned to be kind of almost afraid to make to give or our dogs just normal food. I think it's so complex that there's some other fancy yeah. stuff that it has to be this dog food that it can't yeah. just be, you know, the bottom of the stew pot and beans right. that aren't boiled. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and some, yeah, some barley or whey or like, yeah. you know, and I'm just thinking, and it's funny because I was at the farm uh, the other week and um, my friend was saying that there were some leftover beets in the field we hadn't dug them up completely yet. Yeah. And the coyotes were eat, taking them and eating them. Aww. And I don't know why that just floored me. Cakes. I'm like, what? <laughs> right? And yeah, and I went, so when I read that Sprat put beets in yeah. his little bisque, dog biscuit recipe, I thought that is so crazy. I just wouldn't think that the wild dog would just go and dig up yeah. beets to eat for, you know. Yeah. I was going to say for fun. <laughs> they're getting high on beets somehow. Yeah, <laughs> this is fun. Huh? Look how cute they are. Yeah, I'm eating a chicken like <laughs> drumstick. <laughs> are you hungry? Eat your beets. <laughs> so oh my it. gosh, that was awesome. Sorry, I was hyper during that whole thing. I'm like, I, I need to spit it all out. I love that. That was so cool. Yeah, I totally thought it would be a much more gruesome beginning. I mean, there's definitely some <laughs> gross stuff in there, but like, but it's kind of not so bad, and it's like you really know, sweet. Yeah, too. the biggest thing that I remember with Farlow um, when I had my dog um, was that I always fed him like pedigree, which is like everybody looks down on. Like, don't mm-hmm. feed them the big mass like foods; it's so mm-hmm. bad for them, and blah 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 yeah. blah blah. And so, like, when we initially got him, we fed him, like, really high-end stuff, but it just didn't sit well with his stomach, like, the high Mm -hmm. protein and all that kind of stuff. It just wasn't... Yeah. It just didn't suit him, and I just kept going back to him, like, well, the cheap stuff, like, he (laughs) really likes it, and he's healthy. I mean, he lived until he was 13 as a big dog that's pretty old, Mm -hmm. and he didn't have any health issues. Yeah. Um, So, but I always felt guilty about it I always felt like I was being judged when I went to the vet and I was like listen I've tried all the different ones I did I tried all the really crazy expensive ones that are all these special formulas and it just they they never sat well with him he didn't like them as much like it just wasn't a thing and I always went back to pedigree and it was fine you know And I'm I like, oh, I, there's so much wrapped up in that now, I think, because I we like take this, you know, pet ownership thing so serious. Like everybody takes everything so seriously now. Like yeah. we have to do all of these intricate things to be taken yeah. care of something properly. Yeah. And I'm like, he was fine. Honestly, it probably would like, have been better if I'd cooked for him, but well, maybe not. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> my cooking you know, skills. it's sort of like, I mean... It, a lot of the fancier dog food now brands like there's still kibble and mm-hmm. I'm thinking are you still yeah. using extrusion is there actual nutrition in here or are you just you know covering it all up like a lot of kibble brands they'll um have like just whatever garbage and then uh they co- do a coating of like lard or something like chicken fat or something so it's uh, kind of tasty yeah and 
I mean, and there are some good quality foods out there where companies like really yeah. strive to, you know. But still, as kibble, I think there's only so much like so good exactly. it can be, right? For any shelf stable thing, I'm like, mm. yeah, right. But then it's, it's like really for us, fresh. Any, like if you're eating processed foods, like there's only so healthy it can ever get because it's right. still a processed food, and that's it's got what preservatives I was say, in it. Right? We eat garbage as well, and mm-hmm. as long as it's just within, you know, yeah. like. I just like because it's like you know the people who feed their dogs Cheetos or whatever like okay oh god yeah easy there right mm-hmm. but like yeah I don't know I just think it's sort of like with uh human like our health how people are like adamant oh paleo and blah 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 yeah and, like some people think dogs are purely carnivorous but that's not true that's not true even if they do just hunt they primarily like, like beets. meat <laughs> they like beets but like you know even with like I think it was wolf diets where they are eating the animal and they're eating what's inside like the deer's digestive thing too so mm. they and they do sometimes eat like you know they just kind of, even if it's inadvertent, they're the, the grains and the grasses and berries and stuff that yeah. they end up eating, right? So, yeah, I think people need to kind of, like, allow animals to kind of have a nice, well-rounded diet. Yeah. I think it just <laughs> goes back to us being so, like, disconnected from nature, which is a whole different, mm-hmm. like, topic. Like, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but... We don't. <laughs> Three hours later. Three hours later, yeah. But they like beets. <laughs> what? What are we talking about anymore? That was awesome. I love it. Yay. Well done. Dang. This is brutal having a time limit. Time limit. Because I'm like, let's there chat. There's really a time limit. We can keep chatting. How dare you? No, I want to hear yours. I'm so excited. Okay. Wait. It's Halloween, right? Yeah. It's kind of lightly. Yeah. okay so here's (laughs) i didn't know because you and i we never know the topics that we're gonna do right in advance so it's like a fun surprise for us but because halloween was coming up i was like (laughs) "Ooh, i really want to do something halloween related and i had a few different like ideas in mind in case you were doing something very halloweeny and then i was (laughs) like i can do just an offshoot or whatever yeah but I was like, damn it, I really just want to do, like, what if neither one of us does, like, the big <laughs> one? And and then it's like this opportunity missed. I just couldn't handle it. So I texted you saying, like, hey, uh, is your topic, like, Halloween related at all? <laughs> I and didn't even like, think of it. No, I didn't even think of it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, well, mine isn't really Halloween. <laughs> like, I tried to downplay it so much. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I almost died. I'm like, well, is anyone so doing Halloween related? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Was, I was like, yeah, why did you keep it your immediately? Cool? Yeah, immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, me neither. I just was yeah. checking. <laughs> I was trying to be so casual about it because I was like, I don't want to ruin you, like oh knowing what I'm going to be talking about. And, no, I still have no clue. No clue. <laughs> okay. Can I guess? Sure. Because I love guessing, apparently. Yeah, that's my it. thing. Jack-o'-lanterns? No. I Actually, okay. that's the only thing I didn't really cover in this. But really? I was going to. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. okay. So, I started out wanting <laughs> to figure out the origin of trick-or-treating. Oh. But I actually discovered, like, the origin of Halloween itself. So, it's kind oh. of like a double whammy of both of those things. Because they're obviously very connected. And, like... Halloween like existed like kind of existed but the two things are so like basically from the beginning people have been doing trick-or-treating they just didn't call it that like 
from oh. the, t- the beginning of okay. like, Halloween. Okay. Oh my gosh. It was so interesting. Oh my gosh. Okay, so my sources are Wikipedia, obviously, and History.com had like a whole bunch of really great (gasps) articles and lists. My sources. I can't. Hold on. I'm so sorry, but I have to share them. I used Wiki, The Farmer's Dog Digest, stevesrealfood.com blog thing, uh, americankennelclub.org, petfoodinstitute.org. Thanks. Awesome. Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. Okay, so I've kind of got this like... It's like kind of chronological, kind of broken up into different Mm -hmm. sections of whatever. So Mm -hmm. the ancient precursor to trick-or-treating that people say isn't really totally connected to Halloween and that type of thing. But some people Mm -hmm. kind of like call back to it as like it kind of existed. The idea of kids going door to door and getting treats and like having to kind of do something for it, like singing a song or whatever. Like, it goes back to ancient times. Yeah. So it's recorded that um, the Greek island of Rhodes had a custom in which children would go door to door dressed as swallows, singing a song, and demanded that the owners of the house give them food. (laughs) And if they refused to give them food, they threatened to cause mischief. (laughs) I can't. Isn't that crazy? This like, is why? one of the top ten facts I've ever heard in my whole life. Are you kidding me right now? No. You did not just do that. Yeah. No. What? That's amazing. I'm dying on the inside. Like, dying. This is the coolest thing I've ever heard. And so cute. So, apparently, that whole custom, they did, there wasn't that much information about it. I didn't really want to go down that rabbit right, hole because right. they said it wasn't totally connected to the modern <laughs> trick-or-treating Right. But but thank um, you for including it because, hello, that's adorable. I, I had to because I was like, what yeah. is happening? Why was this a tradition there? And they said the only <laughs> sentence they had was that it was like um, started by this law, this law guy, like a lawyer or like law person. Yeah, yeah. And he had some name that I didn't recognize, like some ancient <laughs> Greek name. And that was it. Like, just that it, it was supposedly started by this guy. And I'm like, what? He just got a bunch of kids together? And demanded, like, bullied people into giving them what? food or they would cause mischief. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> like, isn't that crazy? <laughs> so I had to include it because yes. it's hilarious and I Thank knew you, you would love it. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That's the greatest thing. We're done. <laughs> That's yeah. it. You can That's stop. It. Episode's <laughs> over. We're done. <laughs> Podcast complete. <laughs> okay. So the beginning, the origins of Halloween and trick-or-treating are most commonly, like, everybody pretty much agrees that it had a Celtic beginning. Oh. So they're linked to a Celtic festival called Samhain, and it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. That's how you say it. Yeah, and I actually did it this time where I went onto Google, and I was like, how do you pronounce it? And I listened (laughs) to the voice thing. It's Good Samhain. job. <laughs> and then I spelled it phonetically through my whole thing. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to forget how to say I that. I have come across that in so many Harry Potter fanfics. It's not even funny. Ah. I'm like, Sam Hain? What is this? Sam Hain? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't say it. So I know. Sam- and I was trying to say it so many times in my head. But right? it's not any of so, those so, because Samhain? it's not connected to... No, how did you say it again? Samhain. Oh, Samhain. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. So wow. it began roughly 2,000 years ago. Um, It commemorated the end of the harvest season and the blurring of the physical and spirit worlds. 
Okay. It was seen as a liminal time when spirits or fairies and the souls of the dead came into our world, and they were appeased with offerings of food and drink. That's familiar. I've like kind of heard that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I thought weirdly that it would start in America for some reason. I know, right? right? Like with the witch hunt stuff or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it starts with the witch hunts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go on. The ancient Celts who lived in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and northern France marked Samhain as the midpoint um, between the fall equinox and the winter solstice. So during this time of year, hearth fires in family homes were left to burn out completely with um oh while the harvest was being gathered sorry my spell spelling here okay. is terrible after the harvest work was complete they would celebrate with the druid priests to light and light massive bonfires and pray and eat and all that kind of stuff so they would like let the fires go out and then they would like have a big bonfire as like part of their thing But they wrote, like, to light massive bonfires and pray. And I'm like, yeah, because who doesn't like praying during a celebration? (laughs) 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 Like, I think they're doing more than just praying. (laughs) Halloween, because you just have to go door to door and pray at every door. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Celts believed that the barrier between the physical and spirit worlds was breachable during Samhain. They, exper- or they expected that ancestors might cross over during this time. Um, during some celebrations, villagers disguised themselves in costumes made of animal skins. To, <laughs> to avoid, dr- like, dead granny ghosts? What is this? <laughs> yeah, to drive away <laughs> phantom visitors. Oh. So, like, some of it was that they would drive away the phantom visitors, and some uh-huh. places said they disguised themselves as these, like, um, almost, like... Not demons, really, but, like, mm-hmm. as these otherworldly things so that um, they would be protected so that when these spirits came, they would think yeah. that they were one of them, right? Right. And that they would be protected and whatever. Oh, wait. So, sorry. Did I... So, not, like, spirit, like, ancestor spirit people. Just, like, weird kind of fairy demon type just spirits. any spirits. Oh. Some people said that like their ancestors could cross over at that time, so go from the living to the uh-huh. dead, right? Cross over into the other realm. Yeah. Um and then would people be excited about that? A little bit, but I think they also were very aware that like that's not the that wasn't the only purpose. They were just right. knew that at that time of the year. Yeah. That there was like <laughs> that the, the Why would you be excited were, about ghosts anyway? We're connected. Like, I'm so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, so at this time, banquet tables were prepared and food was left out to placate unwelcome spirits. Oh, so there's costumes happening. There were celebrations. There was a lot of like the spirit and physical worlds coming together, and all of that happening and placating these spirits with food. Yeah. Okay, and then... But they're just attracting them with food? Nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't here. feed the bears. Here, spirit, spirit, spirit. <laughs> and then the Christians came. Wait, were there spirit recipes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, soon there are some cakes happening in mine, too. <gasps> yeah. Okay. So, and then the Christians came. So, in the 7th century, the Catholic Church established November 1st as All Saints Day, mm-hmm. which is literally a day commemorating all the saints of the church. Right. 
By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into Celtic lands and gradually blended with and eventually supplanted older Celtic rites. Mm -hmm. In 1000 AD, the church made November 2nd All Souls Day, Mm. which was a day to honor the dead. So we've got November 1st is All Saints Day, so it's all about the saints. And then the Mm -hmm. next day is All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. Okay. It's widely believed that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday, (laughs) which is shocking and definitely didn't happen with any other holidays ever, like Christmas or Easter. (laughs) That's my own (laughs) thing I put in there. (laughs) Like, hmm, doesn't sound like the church at all. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Okay, so the All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallowmas. Like what? Christmas, like hallow with M-A-S on the back. back. From the Middle English, All Hallowmas, meaning All Saints Day. What? So that's kind of where the words came from. And Wait, the ni- so Christmas is Christ's Day? Yeah. <gasps> I know what mas means now. <laughs> And the night before, so that was traditionally um, Samhain, so October 31st, began to be called All Hallows' Eve, because it was the eve before All Hallows, or like All Hallows'mas, which was All Saints' Day. What? Yeah, so it began to be called All Hallows' Eve, and and eventually turned into Halloween. Over many centuries, the three holidays, so All Saints Day, All Souls Day, and Samhain, eventually merged into one, which is known as Halloween. Now, isn't that crazy? So, wow. But then, well, so is that why some Christian people, like fanatics... Because there's already people in our neighborhoods like leaving little letters of like, it's Satan's holiday and blah, blah, blah. Like they're really like anti-Halloween for some reason. Yeah, because I think some like super, like now some super um, very, like I, a friend of mine when I was in elementary school, her Mm -hmm. mom was super religious and would not let them, like she was not supportive of Halloween at all. Like she was so against it because she's like, you're inviting the devil in and you're inviting these like things in and whatever kind of thing. Um, But I mean, back in the day. But back in the day, they were like fending them off, really. Yeah. So we're. Who knows? I mean, Mm. a lot of extreme religion people do a lot of stuff that isn't necessarily connected to what. Exactly. Is happening, it's right? just fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so now the Middle Ages, so going as far back as even the 14th century, in England and Ireland during All Saints Day and All Souls Day celebrations, poor people started visiting wealthier houses and they would receive pastries called soul cakes in exchange for a promise to pay, pray for the souls of the homeowner's dead relatives. This became known as souling. The practice was later taken up by children who would go from door to door asking for gifts such as food, money, and ale, <laughs> which is funny. They're just getting drunk. Oh, <laughs> little drunkards. Soling was recorded in parts of Britain, Flanders, southern Germany, and Austria. 
Shakespeare even mentions the practice in his comedy, The Two Gentlemen of Verona, which was written in 1593. Wow. Yeah. So that (gasps) became like a really, so it's kind of that door-to-door, like, connection to the dead. They're praying for them, all that kind of stuff. Right. Like, it's all connected of being, like, protected from the souls and all that kind of stuff. I did not, I would never think, I thought they were so immediately, I mean, not diaposed, <laughs> opposed <laughs> to each other. Like, the that it was like a constant like fight between like the Christian and the... Like good and evil type thing. And the Halloween like, type people. Yeah. Right, like revelers yeah. or something like that, right? But the fact that they're just so blended, it's like, yeah, what? It's hard to wrap my head around it. Yeah, that the origins are a lot more in um, religion than... Well, yeah. I think because, I mean, because those celebrations were so strong... Like, the pagan yeah. celebrations were so strong. I mean, it's, like, Christmas, and it's, like, all of these, and Easter or whatever. Like, yeah. they those celebrations already existed, and the only reason Christianity could get any kind of foothold was by creating their own version of it and their own thing to go along yeah. with it and kind of twist it that way. Because nothing happens overnight, right? Like, they have to slowly kind yeah. of, like, yeah. put their mark on it in a way, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So the wearing of costumes or guising at (laughs) Hallowmas had been recorded in Scotland in the 16th century. All over the UK, there were variations of youths dressing up and going house to house, reciting verses or singing songs in exchange for food. So do you think because the they were still on different days, Hallowmas and... It was kind of blending together. So from oh, okay. October 31st to November 2nd, it kind of always was like, okay, became this blended thing. So generally in that three so, day period, it was but like the costumes and the soul cake thing. Did you think that they were ever separate, like in the same place? Or do you think, hmm, that's what do you mean? Like thing. at a different, they were doing it at a different time or only ever at this time of year? No, like, um, if in the same town, for example, they had, like, some people dressing up in oh, guising and some right. people not and just asking for soul cakes. Like, So generally, that? like, guising t- tended to be a little bit more connected to Scotland. They called it guising oh, and dressing okay. up and doing whatever. Interesting. Um, okay. In England and Ireland, um, but also, like... Flanders, Southern Germany, Austria, the, all yeah. those places, it was a little bit more souling. But okay. some of them were like a, a bit interchangeable. Like I think it became like there were some yeah. blurred yeah. lines there. It wasn't so distinct. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But guising was much more like actually dressing up in costume, yeah. dressing up in disguise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they would go sing songs, recite verses in exchange for food. If a household donated food, they could expect good fortune, but if they refused, they could expect misfortune. And so that's kind of where, like, the mischief kind of angle comes in a little bit, too. (laughs) Um, And this went on for centuries. So now we skip to the earliest known occurrence of the practice of guising at Halloween in North America. And it was in 1911. Okay. guess where? Benjamin Franklin's house <laughs> with Tom or, Thomas Jefferson. He yes. was there. No, You're eating mac and cheese. What? It was in Canada. <gasps> a Get newspaper. Out. Yes, the first what? 
known occurrence of the practice of guising at Halloween, so dressing up in disguise, in North America was in 1911. A newspaper in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, reported about children going guising around the neighborhood. And the earliest known use of the term trick or treat appears in 1927 in an article written in Blackie, Alberta. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? So Blackie. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah. I can't handle this! Isn't that nuts? Oh I was so God. shocked and I kept double checking to make sure I'm like, I'm not in like Canadian Wikipedia. Am I like <laughs> somehow on some weird Canadian <laughs> twisted site? Oh but I'm like, no, it was like the earliest <laughs> like known appearances of these things isn't that crazy and also for people there yes there is a small town in alberta in canada that's named blackie yeah that's it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. but it exists well it's like when people name their dogs blackie i can't i know like why why would they name their town that yet i know it's terrible maybe he had a dog named blackie we had uh, when I when I used to work in um, corporate insolvency, we had a uh, a company that went bankrupt that was from that town. Yeah, and their name was like Blackie, whatever. I can't even yeah. remember, like Blackie Equipment or something like that. Yeah, and so our filing, the way that we filed everything, and the way we called all of our file names by like some abbreviation, right? So yeah. it was always filed just as Blackie. <laughs> Oh and I felt terrible every time we would talk about this file or we would look at it and we all were like, we need this oh. one to be over. Yeah, because, oh man. Like, this is terrible. That's unfortunate. So trick-or-treating in North America didn't really become widespread until the 1930s. It stalled a little bit during World War II because of sugar rationing. Um, hmm. But then it quickly came back after the war was over. Oh, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. Soul cakes were sweet? I don't know. They didn't really... I think they were generally a bit sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, they literally were because just... they released. went from They ale. weren't, like, elaborate. They were, like, probably pretty close to little, like, biscuits or, like, little, like, almost maybe tea biscuits or cookies okay. or something like that. Like Because it's, like, with the soul cakes, it's almost, like poor people are like hey can you give us some scraps and food like something mm-hmm. tasty or whatever or ale but like yeah so it's interesting that shift to sweets mm-hmm. yeah and um yeah that it ended up being like a sugary only a sugary type thing yeah. there were there was a lot of stuff um about people talking about um a lot of people um equated it to begging because it had been done right. by the poor people. It was seen a little bit as like asking for food, that type of thing. So yeah. especially in North America when it came over and it was brought, they believe that it was largely brought over by the Irish and Scottish immigrants and that that's why it was starting in uh, North America because there were such big groups of those people and they kind of stuck together and they had done it for century, like for so long. Right back home it was such a tradition for them and that's how it kind of got brought over to North America but then you can easily see how people like the affluent like people already in Canada or America would be like oh you poor Irish people get the hell out of here right yeah Yeah. so there was a little bit of like they they changed things up a little bit and you know 
they didn't want okay. that connotation. So some people didn't want to do it. And some people were like, yes, this right. is our tradition. It's yeah. not about that. It's about no, different yeah. stuff. Huh. So I think it did take a while for it to kind of gain traction and become more widespread. Um, so even though the concept of trick-or-treating started in Britain and Ireland um, and Scotland in the form of souling and guising, mm-hmm. they didn't commonly use the term trick-or-treat until the 1980s there. What? Yeah. And with its and it largely they started using it because it became more popular um, in part because of the movie E.T. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. OK, that's surprising. I mean, it was about you said 20s in Alberta. Yeah. It was the first 1927 was the first known use use of the term. It might have been used yeah. by other people, but of that course. was where it was written yeah. down. It first and appears. I wonder. Yeah. Like how that just that term itself like traveled. And how quickly, right? And it's kind of yeah, like, that's nuts. Yeah, and it had like it said so after that in like nineteen twenty eight, it appears down in the states somewhere right. in something. So yeah. it, I think it was becoming kind of common lingo, um, mm-hmm. but it, because it was like more popular, like more popular slang or whatever. But to take that long till the eighties, wow. yeah. Well, because for them, they had such a history of souling and guides. Like, it started there. They yeah. didn't have a need to call it something different because it always was called True. that, right? Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> this is funny. In Ireland, before the phrase trick-or-treat became common in the 2000s, didn't become common there until the 2000s, children would say when they went to the door, help the Halloween party. <laughs> like, that was their thing. They wouldn't say trick-or-treat. Okay. They'd say help the Halloween party. That is the cutest <laughs> thing I have ever heard. Okay, the sparrow thing is the cutest thing, but what? <laughs> I know. Help the Halloween party? It's so... and Oh, oh my gosh. Um So just, and this isn't really about the history of it, but I thought I'd mention it because it kind of came up. I found it interesting. And um, for us, like, so I have friends of mine that are from Australia and they live here now and they have young kids. And I said, oh, what are you guys doing for Halloween? Are you taking the girls out trick-or-treating or whatever? And this is the first time that they've lived like in a house since they've lived in Canada and they've got young kids. And my friend was asking me, she was like, how does it work? Like, how do people know that we've got candy? Like, but, and how do we work it where, like, we want to take the girls trick or treating, but does somebody have to be home to handle (laughs) it? Like, she was asking me all these logistic things where I'm like, oh, okay, well, here's how it works. You wait until it gets dark. The little kids go first, they go earliest, and everybody's really nice to them. And, like, even the teenagers will be sweet to the little kids and whatever. And <laughs> you, you hand out candy. And then if you've got teenagers that come that aren't really dressed up, you can ask them to do something. They might have to tell you a joke or sing a song <laughs> or do a dance or whatever. You can make life difficult for them. You don't have to give them candy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you put it all in a pillowcase. Some people have special bags, but that's like, in my mind, cheating. You just take an yeah. old pillowcase and you fill that sucker full of candy. Yeah. Although and kids now are using those um, grocery store totes, which I find so nice as a oh, person handing be out good. candy. Yeah. Because sometimes with the pillowcase, it's, it's like hard to find the opening. I've dropped mm-hmm. candy a couple times and it feels so bad for the kids, right? Because they can't see with their masks and we're just bumbling around, right? But yeah. So totes, I kind of. That's, I agree with that. <laughs> but those stupid little pumpkin things for like the little kids, I'm like, you can't fit anything in there. 
I know, but they're kind of cute. They the kids are really with their cute, pumpkins. but I'm thinking logistically here. You want to get the <laughs> maximum amount of candy. <laughs> True, but do you want that maximum amount of candy inside the tummy of a tiny child? Good point. Good point. <laughs> I don't have children, so I don't care. I'm like, I just want it for me. Yeah, I, I want my nieces quickly. and nephew to get as much candy as possible yeah. so they can share it with me. <laughs> exactly. That's what I want. <laughs> but you know what? A lot of parents, they'll have like a... a a pillowcase with them or a bag with them and then mm. they just like empty the little empty bucket. Empty it into, yeah. Mm-hmm. But most of like parents, they just want the little, because the kids don't last that long when they're really tiny. Right? Yeah, the little, little kids don't last yeah. that long. That's true. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was just so funny having to kind of explain the process to right? somebody else. I'm like, oh my gosh, I grew up with this. And yeah. even like Greg, like my husband Greg in yeah. South Africa, they don't really have Halloween. Yeah. They're starting to a little bit now, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not like... Yeah, there's a joke like online that Australians, someone. they don't... A lot of them don't want Halloween. They think it's dumb. Like They just are annoyed yeah. that people are trying to make it happen there. Are and they really? Just, yeah, it's kind of funny where I'm like, well, but... What's the harm? Just yeah. give kids some candy. It's like such a fun little outlet for them. It's you fun, know? and it's a fun little like time of the year. It's like I don't know what else are you doing? Who cares? Even if like people don't want to get into like Halloween stuff in terms of like dressing up and Halloween, mm-hmm. part, like the adults, right? Yeah. But for the kids, just trick or treating itself, right? Yeah. That's why I like your co- topic so much because it's like you can really separate. You don't have to get into the whole other side of Halloween. You yeah. You can just focus on trick or treating. Exactly. You know? Let the kids just... Yeah, you can pick and choose what you want to do. Like, yeah, you know, I, I get really annoyed that it's turned into a big, like, slut fest where, like, people right. are partying so hard and dressing up. But at the same time, if I was a party person, yeah, I think that would be super fun. And it's exactly. like, I don't have to take part in that, but I'm going to watch yeah. a bunch of scary movies and, like, carve a it's pumpkin. It's the one, I think, um, holiday that it's... I mean, yeah, it gives into commercial stuff or whatever, but it's the one thing that you can't really take away from people. It's just pure fun. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. There's nothing, there's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. Yeah. It's literally just the perfect excuse to be, you know, a little like just mischievous. Let go a little bit and like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I know. totally agree. Especially since we all have to hunger, in Canada especially, you're like, it usually snows by Halloween or on oh Halloween in Alberta. Anyway, sorry, I shouldn't say Canada. Yeah, definitely doesn't um, do that here, but it could be rainy, yeah. I suppose, on in Vancouver. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, it's I had winter's to right around the corner. to Greg the other day. I was like, yeah, it usually snowed. It was the first snow, like, either on Halloween or just mm-hmm. before Halloween. Yeah. So you had you had to have two costumes. You had your like really cool, <laughs> clever costume that you'd wear to school that day. Yes. Because you'd do a little parade through school. You'd do all <laughs> your little activities, maybe a Halloween party, depending yeah. on like what grade you were in. Um, and everybody could see your costume, the full thing. So you could be a little bit more subtle, a little bit more like detailed or whatever. And yeah. then you had to have your trick or treating costume. And it had to be something that either had accessories or some kind of hat or something that they could yeah. see because your costume would be covered by your snowsuit <laughs> or it had to be something that would fit over your snowsuit yes because yeah. you get so cold because yeah. you're just trudging along outside <laughs> in like full winter weather I know and, and the colder it is the more candy I give out where if the kids come by yeah. oh my favorite is at the little end of troopers. the night where there's like the little stragglers and it's usually you know 
I don't have too many cheaters of the kids who like come back a second time. I oh, have that yeah. a couple times. Even then I give them candy. I'm like, you know yeah. what? If you took the energy and the time to come to my house twice, I'm like, yeah. whatever. But uh, at the end of the night, it's so satisfying to be like, you guys are the last ones. I'm pretty much sure it's like nine o'clock, right? Yeah, you're <laughs> like, here, take five. Here, take the rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, yeah, they're like, just loving it. Yeah. It's oh, so it's great. But just a quick fact about um, this guising thing. I had no clue until last year. I'm so sheltered um, that Halloween has been kind of like a safe day for um, like trans kids and like or even mm. people like gay kids or anybody actually who's like into like drag. Too. Because you can dress up however you want. Well, that's yeah. usually how a lot of like drag queens say that they started. Like that exactly. was their time because they were allowed to. They were do allowed it. to, and it's so heartbreaking. And I know Aww. last year I had a these teens came to the door, and there was a young, um, I'm a, well, I have to say, boy. I don't know how he identified or she, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I'll just say he because I can't make assumptions, right? But yeah. like, yeah, he had like a very. It was. I don't know if it was like a specific it was very character. well done. Yeah, yeah, and it was just this beautiful woman at the door kind of thing. And I'm just thinking like, oh, and I had read that fact before. And yeah. then he came to the door, and I was thinking like, do I say something? <laughs> like, how do I be supportive right now? Yeah. And I was Aww. just like, I love your costumes, but then I felt like horrible for saying costume because I'm like, yeah. But what if that's an identity thing? <laughs> but that's okay because on Halloween yeah. it is a costume, and it's okay because yeah. you don't want to yeah. like you know call people out either. And exactly. Say yeah. like, oh, I see that this is your identity, and you wish you could <laughs> dress like this every day in front of his no, friends. No, I know, but it's so it's like that moment, that heartbreak of like, you know, you can go so long without even thinking yeah. about that kind of thing yeah. it's a, like a safe day for some people and it's just yeah. like oh but also quick shout out to all the custodians nobody's gonna hear this but all the custodians because <laughs> the day after halloween oh or like God. you know the week after all the kids puking everywhere yes so oh. yeah my poor mom she's a custodian and she's like <laughs> oh, i can't oh stand gosh. halloween now yeah. there's a limit kids usually can't bring candy to school anymore Oh, okay. But it doesn't mean that they're not gorging at night and then puking in exactly. school the next day. <laughs> so just quickly, I've got a few more points. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's all good. Um, but like talking about like our childhood things. So I saw something on there that in the 1980s, there was a lot of paranoia about poisoned Halloween candy. And I was like, right. yeah, of course. All we blades. ever heard was razor blades in mm-hmm. apples for some reason. I'm like, well, <laughs> who wants to eat the apples anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and we always had to have our Halloween checked, like, or our candy checked. Candy, yeah. So, like, some places would you would take your candy to a police station and have them check it. Some were just, like, which was crazy. We never did that. No. But, like, yeah. my mom would check our candy first. We would never eat, get eat anything that looked like it was, like, packaged Can't at hurt. home or some people, yeah. like made their own little bags of popcorn or whatever. I'm like, I don't mm. want this crap. Like, you need to give me pre-packaged <laughs> food. <laughs> so you'd know when you went to the door and somebody yeah. gave you, like, oh, we baked cookies for you. You're like, I can't eat this. I'm not going to eat some this. some people are trying to, like, you know, bring that back a little bit. And apparently in I the wouldn't UK, do that. They You're do a stranger. That. I know. I don't want your I had soul a friend cake. who would bake <laughs> for Halloween and hand out. Why? And I'm thinking, I would never. No. I, I couldn't. I would, would never like, do that. No. Who Food in their right mind would eat something like cooked by a stranger? And apparently I, mean, I guess we do when do. we go to restaurants all the time. But still, but there's they have certain their health rules and guidelines. Yeah. 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 
So that when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's crazy because it it's just the way that we grew up. That's always what we knew that you had to check your candy. Yeah. Um, so generally, it's that paranoia was not founded really on anything. Oh. But there have been a couple of poisoning incidents. And the most famous one is from 1974 when Ronald O'Brien gave cyanide-laced pixie sticks to five kids, including <gasps> his son. <gasps> the other kids never ate the candy, but his eight-year-old son did eat it and he died from it. And then there was like the whole Tylenol. There was a big Tylenol thing, the Tylenol murders or whatever. Yeah. Like So people were getting, around that time, everybody was getting paranoid about poisoning. Whoa. So it didn't really, like, happen with trick-or-treating all that much. Right. Um, but those few little instances really made people paranoid and, like, created yeah. a big thing. Like, I even tried to look up. I'm like, were there ever any razor blades in apples? Like, <laughs> was that a thing? And there's, <laughs> oh, a whole, it up? there's a whole Wikipedia thing about the yeah. razor blade in apples myth and that it wasn't <gasps> real, that it never oh. happened. And that it was something, like, I didn't read the whole thing of Mm -hmm. it, but I was like, Mm -hmm. interesting that there's a thing in there and that it's a myth, that it's an urban legend. Oh, my gosh. But it was such a thing. Like, it's so ingrained in me now, even, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so just to summarize, um, it's suggested that trick-or-treating evolved from a tradition whereby people impersonated the spirits or souls of the dead and received offerings on their behalf. Impersonating these spirits and souls was also believed to protect oneself from them because they were tricking the spirits into thinking you're one of them. Um, And today, Americans spend an estimated $2.6 billion on candy on Halloween, and the day itself has become the nation's second largest commercial holiday. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Second largest commercial holiday. That's insane. I mean, it makes sense because even, like, my mom, she's not a huge fan of, like, sweets, right? But even she will buy extra candy so she can steal, like, you know, the occasional, like, M&M's. Buy candy. Right. I bought I always, always buy, one buy, for them, one for me situation. Yeah, right? I always buy Halloween candy. I don't give out stuff. I live in an apartment building. Nobody comes trick-or-treating <laughs> to my door. <laughs> and I even had it when I lived in my old place that wasn't in an apartment. It was a duplex. And the, I bought candy and I was like, yes, I always buy the kind that I like. Obviously, you have to buy yeah, the kind that you like. Exactly. And uh I was like, I'm not going to get very many kids, but just in case, like, I'll get some. And then I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Nobody's coming by. And then kids started to come by, and I started getting really angry where I was like, damn it. <laughs> like, I was depending on this candy for my yeah. treats later. <laughs> but you know what I will never do? Buy hmm. the next day candy sales. Like, Yeah, no. Because it all goes, you know, super discount the day after. Yeah. No. And I won't do it because it doesn't it's count. Wrong. It doesn't count. Yeah, even though I'm eating it after Halloween, I'm it like, doesn't no, no, matter. No. It has to be. It has to be purchased left before or yeah. on Halloween with the intent to give it to kids. Yeah, but you don't. And then you're allowed to eat the leftovers, and it's calorie yeah. free. And those are all, the rules. Yeah, of horrors. <laughs> the amount of mini Kit Kats I've been eating because guess who found an old bag of leftover candy from last year? Me. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm disgusting. I'm not even supposed to eat chocolate. I'm like, hmm. Look I that actually bad. haven't bought any Halloween candy this year yet because I'm like Uh-oh. on a very health kick right now. Yeah. Well. But I'm going to the store tomorrow, so I'll, I'll probably get some. We're going camping no, just this weekend. So get an apple. 
with razor blades in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know what I never <laughs> understood and never liked was the whole bobbing for apples thing. That just always pissed me off. I'm like, who wants to get their face all wet and gross and your hair's all gross? Who's the bobbing kids don't for care. apples? What kind of stupid right. game is that? It is a stupid game. But right. I mean, although, yeah, no, that is weird. My thing is like bending over. Isn't that awkward? Because wasn't it in like a mm-hmm. barrel originally? Yeah, like, and your hands are like behind your back. It's like, what's happening? Okay, maybe that's a topic for a different episode. <laughs> nope. <laughs> there is nothing <laughs> there <laughs> that needs to be delved into. I think into. everything's a topic. <laughs> like, please don't. <laughs> well, it's going to like, yeah, uh, like research apples with razor blades. I'm like, that's not a whole show, you idiot. <laughs> it <laughs> and is. You it is it. now. It's done. It is now. <laughs> next oh, week on. Next week. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. And also, we're on Instagram now. So if you guys want to follow us or send us messages or if you have suggestions about topics you want us to cover, you can send us a DM in there. We are podcast.or.something on Instagram. And we're going to start posting stuff there someday or something. Did you hear my boss just now, like... With that subtle, passive aggressive. (laughs) I was going to say you were were going to start posting. (laughs) Right, Carla? Yes. um, Get to work over there, slacker. I know. Apart from that, I'm going to brew my own ale to hand out to the children. Mm. Now, let's see how that goes this year. And I am going to go make some food that's not dog kibble. All right, talk to you next week, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.